Welcome to another episode of Paul Don Pal, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got Doug Badauer. He's with Integral Technologies, and well, we normally talk about power and power electronics in this podcast, but to address the other side of that equation, you know, you've got safety, protection, both electronic and physical, but I'm going to let Doug talk about that and bring him into the show. So welcome to the show, Doug. How's everything going today? They're going well, Alex. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. And, well, you know, the whole thing about the Internet of Things and the both personal consumer and industrial um, enterprise is there are a lot of remote systems. They're usually wireless. They're almost certainly battery-driven. That's a lot of stuff. A lot of moving parts out there, and they all have their own protection needs, right? Absolutely, Alex. And that's one thing that's really changed over, particularly over the last 20 years. Electronics and power electronics and signals and wireless signals have become a very predominant part of everything we do. And along with that, you've got signals going on all around us now. And the ability to block those signals when needed to be or to shield those has become more important now than ever. If if you think back to 25, 30 years ago, Mm -hmm. um, really the only problem we had to worry about as far as uh, electrical interference was squiggly lines on our TV when we started our lawnmower. (laughs) Now if we don't don't really properly protect ourselves from that, uh, you're going to shut entire systems down and cars down and everything else. So... Uh, the need for uh, shielding has, be- has never been more important than what it is now. Well, you know, Doug, that makes all the sense in the world, but I think the big thing there that a lot of people don't realize is I think it's because of the shift to digital, because with analog, you can always, as you pointed out, the CV got some wiggly lines. Analog, you can always futz around with noise and get around mm-hmm. it, whereas in digital, in digital, you break the bitstream they, they, they don't even know where the digital word is, boom, you've lost everything. You've lost command and control. You've lost feedback. You've lost everything just because the bitstream was disturbed. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's really become critical to efficiently and, and appropriately uh, block those signals where they don't need to get to. And traditionally how that's been done has been done with, you know, typically it's done with metals or some sort of paint in order to do that. And what we're doing is we're providing a solution now with conductive plastic. Our material, I mean, the, the brand name is Electroplast. But mm-hmm. what Electroplast is, it's a we take metal fibers and combine that with plastic. And, you know, it's a conductive plastic. And most of the solutions we're coming up with now are particularly for that shielding market. Right. Well, and... Um, Doug, I've been following this for years. They, they, they've been talking about using conductive plastics to replace ITO in displays, and they've been, they've been, there's been a lot of talk for a long time. But so your, but your, your product line is available. It's all conductive plastics addressing these application spaces that previously mostly were used by metals. Absolutely. Most of the, particularly in transportation, what's primarily used is cast aluminum. So it's going to be big, heavy parts and big, heavy enclosures. And over the last few years, something has really changed on a macroeconomic level, and that has been the resurgence of lightweighting. And that's what's happened with that on the macroeconomic side, as there's been this tremendous push towards lightweighting. What's happened is 
the use of new materials has grown dramatically, particularly the use of carbon fiber. Mm-hmm. And if you were to look at the, the price trajectory of carbon fiber, um, it has gone down by multiples over the last 10 years. And I'll get to why that's important to, the, to this industry in just a second. Um, carbon fiber, if you go back 30 years ago, it was one of those neat, neat materials that was used on sexy things like rockets. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was very specific just to defense in the real high-end technical world. Um, but what's happened here the last few years, carbon fiber is used in many applications, structural. I mean, you look at uh, BMW, Ford, um, <clears throat> manufacturers such as that, they're using carbon fiber in huge ways now. So what's happened is carbon fiber is becoming a commoditized material. And right. why is that important to us? The filler that we use and the conductor that we use inside our material is carbon fiber. So our raw material costs are down roughly 50% over the last 50 over the last 5 years rather. So mm-hmm. we now have a lower cost solution. Whereas 5, 7, 8 years ago, and maybe cost neutral, maybe not. Now, this is why conductive plastic is having a real surgence now, because the cost is down dramatically. We're a low-cost solution. Of course, the big kicker is we're able to save you 60% on weight versus your aluminum parts. Right. Well, and, and Doug, that makes all the sense in the world for a lot of reasons, because um, the every time you have a new core technology, there's going to be a ripple effect outward from the availability of that technology. So we focus often on, like I'm a car guy, um, mm-hmm. I think about things like, oh, I can buy an aftermarket hood for my car if I really wanted to kill 100 pounds, or I could get uh, you know, gra- graphite uh, brake rotors if I had that kind of money and that kind of car. Mm-hmm. And, and we forget that that technology can also be used in um, medical, for example, and make uh, exoskeletons that are now lightweight enough that the people who are frail and need them can actually then bear the physical mass of these devices on their bodies, for example. So the fact that it also then provides uh, the shielding industry with uh, cheaper and better raw materials is a logical extension. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing, too, just one of the basic advantages of plastic is the fact that you can, you can mold it. And, mm-hmm. and you really haven't had that plastic solution uh, to, to speak of in the electronics world. So think about this for a minute. You can take um, things that were traditionally would take maybe three, four, five parts to accomplish. So uh, imagine uh, a part that has three or four connectors that go into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we can do now is actually have the, uh, the female end of a connector molded right into that part. And you just simply right. plug in. So we're, what we're doing now is not just reducing weight. We're reducing complexity and reducing the number of parts that are needed. And that goes across, you know, basically all industries. I mean, you might find this interesting. As it comes to light weighting, we have a lot of questions and, and um, inquiries that come from the consumer electronics industry. And early on, and people usually say, well, what do they care about how much a, a piece of electronics on the consumer electronics side weighs? And it's, a, it's actually a big issue for them because most of your consumer electronics are manufactured in Asia, and they get shipped all around the world. So there's really a push for reduction, even the number of grams, because it saves on a logistics cost. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. this is, you know, lightweight expands to basically every industry. I'm, I'm sure there's the exception, <laughs> but for the most part, it really is a, 
it's becoming ever increasing important. Well, um, I, the only ones I can even think of would involve very, very heavy industry like foundries and such because if you've got to fold a 30-ton piece of steel, you can't do it with something that, you know, weighs very little and has uh, just because it's light and stiff, you need mass sometimes to manage mass. Yes. In the general scheme of things, um, well, I mean, just look at a modern LED backlit LCD television. It's essentially just a hunk of engineered plastic with a glass uh, face. And imagine, imagine what the corresponding CRT, and you couldn't do a 60-inch CRT, uh, maybe as an engineering joke, but imagine what that would weigh and how much mm-hmm. raw materials go into it. Absolutely. Another thing just kind of triggered when you, when you brought that up, you know, as far as even further advances, uh, what we've been able to do with shielded cable, for example, uh, you know, like the mm-hmm. metal weaving that goes around the shield cable, uh, we've been able to, and we're actually in a joint development agreement with Delphi Automotive on this, uh, we're replacing that metal sheathing, and we're actually extruding our material over the top and providing the shielding for that. Um, I mean, there, there's multiple advantages to that. Yeah, there is a weight save, but more importantly, uh, we're able to replace the manufacturing process and just use standard extrusion in order to put that over there. Of course, your your shielding coverage is going to be better because you don't have the microscopic uh, leakage that you would, would with the metal. So, mm-hmm. again, it's just the fact that we're plastic allows for multiple different manufacturing processes, you know, infinite number of shapes and all those things that, you know, you have with plastic versus metal. Very nice. Now, Doug, um, is it, well, it strikes me that this must be a very custom solution because since it can be molded and it is conformable, uh, I don't Mm -hmm. think you have a specific, you know, bunch of shelf items, but is there a product line or is it all custom work or how how, how do I walk in the door and buy something? Great question, uh, and that actually had been the challenge with this technology early on is it's very much solution-driven, and it really wasn't a low-cost solution up until recently. So there was not a lot of industry acceptance of this. Mm-hmm. With that said, there wasn't a whole lot of engineering behind it in order to support those solutions. So you're right. If you said, hey, I want to, I want to build a box out of Electroplast, and I just sent it to you, you would probably have some challenges in how do you actually design that particular solution. And that's really where our strength comes in, is it's our engineering and our design team are able to, they know how to apply this material and apply it into commercial applications. They come from not only a materials background, but from an electrical background. And that's the uniqueness of this material is, it does require a little bit of knowledge from both sides of that, in order to do that. So right now it is more custom um, in, in the solution of it, but we, we anticipate that changing as the, as the next few years roll by as it becomes more and more accepted and there's more conductive plastic used as a whole as everybody becomes more used to working with it. Got it. It becomes more commoditized and such, and I get you there. But the bottom line is, mm-hmm. is that it's not, a custom solution is not a bad solution it just means that you have to start the planning for it a little bit earlier in the in the uh, cycle but with manufacturing technology the way it is today there's not even a delay uh, that 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 is correct that's correct oh, one other so. thing too I did, I I did I did neglect to mention 
one thing that's different about our – there are other conductive plastics out there, but the one thing I do want to point out is we do utilize long fiber technology, uh, whereas a lot mm-hmm. of other materials are used with, you know, with a chopped fiber or some sort of, of powder. Um, by utilizing long fiber, which typically it's three millimeters or longer, mm-hmm. we're able to have a much better uh, conductivity than what you would see with some of the other things that are out there. Because uh, most of your conductive plastics to this point have mostly been used for static discharge and some of the very mm-hmm. low-level um, conductive applications, whereas by utilizing long fiber, we're really able to come up with all, the conductivity almost as high as what you would need it to be for even conductive-type applications, not just shielding. Got you. Now, Doug, um when you have a solution, as I pointed out earlier when we were talking about um, other aspects of this, when you have a solution, that it tends to provide benefits outside of the area that uh, you've been thinking. It, has this, has your uh, barrier technology, have you found other application spaces that your uh, core technologies can serve? Yeah, as an example, I'm kind of back to where I just mentioned the long fiber technology allows us to get into things that are very conductive. Mm-hmm. Uh, mo- most recently, we've invented um, battery plates, uh, actually bipolar uh-huh. battery plates out of our material. Mm-hmm. And in that scenario, like our, and we just filed patents here in the last couple months on this and have just come public with the invention itself, but the plates themselves, they have the same conductivity as lead. Of course, the advantage of it is they don't have any lead in them, and you can also mold them into any shape you want. You're not confined by the geometry of your traditional metal plates. And that's a perfect example of how we've, we've migrated away, just as part of the evolution of this, into some of the very highly conductive materials. And it's in a space that, you know, we weren't in three or four years ago. But, yeah, now, I mean, if we have it our way, uh, you're going to see bipolar batteries out there with uh, electroplast plates in them in the not-too-distant future. And not even mentioning the weight. No, that, that exactly. Not even mentioning the weight. Um, so, yeah, obviously you're going to reduce the weight, but you're going to reduce the environmental concerns by the, by the reduction of lead. Plus, you just open up a whole other world of, of geometry. And I'm just, mm-hmm. we'll just go have fun here for a second. Uh, imagine a battery, and I just happen to be looking at a car right now. You form the battery around the fender on the inside of your car. You know, real estate becomes more and more important as time moves on with everything. And when you now have plates that you can mold in any shape, you can make the battery in any shape that you want as well. And Informal. you can't do that now with your traditional metal plates. That, well, yeah, that makes all the sense in the world as well, Doug. I mean, conformal um, electronics and conformal batteries are uh, one of the things they're always holding out as an example of the shiny, happy future. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Doug, um, I'd love to keep talking. We have a, we could keep staying just on this one aspect of the technology when you think about how many things to talk about. But we could be talk, we could just talk about this facet much longer. But unfortunately, it is a podcast, and um, we do have to watch the clock. But one thing I do uh, also do before um, we close it out is I always let my guests have the last word on my show. It could be a little bit more about the technology, or about the company, or just a tip for our audience. But, Doug, the floor is yours. Absolutely. Well, first of all, I appreciate the time and the opportunity to, uh, to speak with you. But I guess if I just have that open form, I, I want to just say a few things. 
it is new materials are absolutely an exciting space mm-hmm. and an area to be in. And we really believe and know that conductive plastics are part of this lightweighting revolution and new materials that, that's coming upon us. And what, what's exciting about being a part of that is now, just as I mentioned with uh, you know the battery plates, we're going to be a part of making things that we can't even visualize now that really are going to be able to change entire industries uh, just be, again, because of our technology, but also because of macroeconomic events, all these things have come into play to really create an exciting opportunity, uh, you know, for all of us. So that's the thing for me that just is exciting is knowing that we're going to be able to be a part of that. Very nice. And I, I, I agree with you completely, Doug. You know, I, and I've always, uh, my audience knows that I'm always commending the companies that are really trying to help move that ball forward and really try to create the new solutions. So I'm really glad that um, Integral Technologies is really um, helping shape, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> the uh, future, future of electronics. So thank you so much for coming on the show, and I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Great. Thanks, Alex. And I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul Tom Power. Have a great day.